1: Hello, 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 and welcome to the latest episode of the Health and Wellness Connection. It's your host, Dr. Barry here, and I'm here to help you provide you with an entertaining and an informative episode of Health and Wellness. We have a pretty cool um, array of shows today, guys. It is kind of a slow news period, you know, everyone's kind of decreasing the output, but I was able to scour the internets and the interwebs and I, pretty found, I found some pretty cool articles. We're going to discuss some pretty interesting topics here this week. But before we get into that, let me just first off do my due diligence. So first and foremost, guys, if you want to support the show, again, I'm your host, Dr. Barry. I'm a uh, board-certified emergency physician, as well as a health and wellness specialist and um, helping people lose weight and uh, get healthy. Now, that being said, uh, we also talk about nutrition and different um, variety of topics on the show. And we're also going to be doing a lot more content. We're actually um, doing some things on TikTok. And we got some content we're actually uh, filming and we're going to be producing for the network. Also, um, currently I'm actually on the road. I'm actually currently in Lagos, Nigeria. So you're going to see some more topics kind of cater toward the uh, West African uh, kind of uh, topic um, area. So just be a lookout for that. And you'll see some content as well on the webs. Hope you guys are following me on all the social media platforms, including TikTok, um, the moniker Dr. Barry Health on TikTok. Also, same uh, um, for sorry for Twitter, it's Dr. Barry Tech Doc. And um, lastly, on Instagram, Dr. Barry Health. MD. I know it's all different, but trust me, all the um, areas that we are posting, you'll be very happy if you follow us. We do provide a lot of great content. Now, first and uh, second, I guess I should say thirdly at this point, um, the show, guys, make sure you realize that we are a podcast as well. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on any RSS feed or any listening platform, be it Google Play, Amazon, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, and all the popular ones. Uh you can search dr barry health we should come up subscribe to there and follow us and you'll get all the shows downloaded directly to your mobile device or your computer wherever you want to subscribe that's the best way to ensure that you're kept keeping up with all the latest shows as they go live and again guys if you want to donate to the show uh, we accept um, paypal and cash app Uh, cash app is dr barry health um and guys um First things, just want to thank you for listening and, and sharing and letting people know about the show. You know, some numbers are improving, and we're just thankful for that. We're going to keep trying to bring the content to you consistently as we can. All right, guys, so let's move on. So, one of the first kind of things that I came across, you know, a lot of inter- interesting discussions regarding cardiac arrest. sure you guys realize that cardiac arrest is recently news uh, in regards to um, the famous basketball player, uh, LeBron James, of course, his son brawny james who was an up-and-coming pretty elite basketball talent Uh, he recently had a cardiac event where he went to cardiac arrest doing a training practice we're going to talk more about that here a little bit later but we're going to kind of do a lot of cardiac related stories because you know a lot of research has been coming out regarding the heart and health and things that may be, you know, dangerous to the heart. And we're going to discuss some of the things that we've known, of course, for a while, including things like obesity, high blood pressure, and things of that nature. We're also going to talk about common causes of death, especially sudden death in young people. Interesting article came out on that area we're going to discuss as well. Let's jump right into it, guys. So first things first, one of the biggest things we always know regarding ways to predict early death is obesity, guys? It's kind of the reason why we do the show. We're always talking about, you know, losing weight and health and getting better. You know, I'm even struggling with my own weight challenges, and so I think everyone has their own kind of idea of, you know, kind of, you know, what kind of health uh, issues they're dealing with, and that's obviously you should be working with your health specialist or or nutritionist or both, actually, as physician. People who can give you advice as well as tips and tricks on how to deal with some of your personal issues regarding health and wellness. Um, There's a lot of demand for health issues. We're going to talk about that as well. Um, But ultimately, there's a huge kind of interest in people trying to figure out ways to get healthier for many reasons, like this article is going to describe. So obesity, right, is one of the independent increased risk of heart disease. Right. Obesity by itself is almost a direct correlation with increased levels of heart disease. So um, as we stated, um, heart disease is deadly. Um, Things that can affect the heart or make the heart life more difficult is going to be bad for a long life because, you know, the heart is just one big pump that pumps blood across your body, get it, getting everything kind of perfused and energized, also removing waste products through the blood as well. So um, the heart is an essential part of the circulatory system. So keeping up with its health is critical, obviously, if you want to have a good life. So anyways, research has been coming out showing that, you know, looking at people who are obese, they found that they were having increased risk of heart-related events. And what they found was that obesity, or people who had obesity-related issues, also had enlarged hearts. And these people with enlarged hearts were having higher episodes of cardiovascular death and sudden cardiac death, specifically in this study. Now, this study was done out of London, St. George University. Professor Mary Shepard was the uh, one of the main people involved. And they looked at um, post-mortem um, evaluations, meaning they took an autopsy of patients who were, had died suddenly, um, they looked at, you know, the hearts of these people. Look looked at those who were obese and versus those who were not obese. And they basically looked at the size of the hearts as well as the cause of death and tried to see if there was a correlation in, in their in regards to some of the condition that they had found. And so what they found was that first of all, they divided the two groups of people. Um, total, it was um, about one was an obese group, BMI greater than 30, a normal grade, and a normal weight group, BMI between 18 and 25. So what they did was that, um, you know, people who had um, elevated levels of obesity also had an elevated heart size. So what they found was that out of the 106 people that were able to identify out of the study and the autopsy results, as far as who met the criteria of being overweight, as well as having um, sudden cardiac death, um, they found that um, 106 people, which is not a whole lot. So but they found out of these 106, um, 53 these people had um, BMI measurements. So there wasn't even a whole lot of data um, on the people that they found, but they did see that the people who they found who had died suddenly, average age is about 42 years of age. Most of these people were men, and they found that those who had an average heart weight of about 93 grams um, consisted with increased level of sudden death, especially when associated with an increased BMI of 35 kilograms per meter or greater. So, um, you know, definitely, um, and also the people who had enlarged, who had, sorry, who are obese, also had, again, enlarged hearts, but they also had increased thickness of their ventricular walls, which is the part of the heart that actually pumps. And this is when sometimes we have these irregular heartbeats that cause you to go into certain cardiac arrest, those thick walls of the heart are also the, are part of the reason why those irregular rhythms can develop. So a thick, you know, large heart is usually bad because overall um, they could create a lot of problems, and this study kind of reveals that. Now, this study was very tiny, but it looked at again this sudden death phenomenon we're seeing, and it was very clear that you know obesity led to a lot of con- conditions that led to increased hearts, which overall increased the risk of sudden cardiac death. So, that is something we need to be cognizant of, especially when we're dealing with obesity and stressing the importance of dealing with it because of the risk of things like sudden death and large heart and other things that are typically not compatible with. Uh, longevity. So, yes, um, be wary of um, enlarged hearts um, as the concern for sudden death is markedly increased with them. Guys, okay, so the next study we're going to discuss is regarding illicit drugs in another study that ties illicit drugs to sudden cardiac death in young people. Now, this study recently came out um, just late July, and it found that um, those who had experienced sudden cardiac death about It was basically found out that of all the people who died of sudden cardiac death, one in three young patients had either a positive toxicology report, meaning positive for, you know, very hardcore illicit drugs, and they were also found to have a history of frequent use of illicit drugs, as well as high rates of use of multiple drugs. So, um, you know, the boiler story is lots of drugs typically are bad for the heart, even the young heart, which is actually very strong and very healthy. Um, but illicit drugs can increase the risk of sudden cardiac death. Now, this study um, you know again, comes out of Australia. They looked at about five hundred and twenty three patients um, so not a huge study, but again, cardiac death in kids is very rare. and they looked at those eighteen years of age or older these are and they looked at again post-mortem because these are sudden cardiac death, people who died in a two year span april twenty nineteen to april twenty twenty one now. The people, at uh, least the drugs that they define as illicit included um, cocaine, amphetamine type drugs, cannabis, also novelty psychoactive substances like LSD, um, as well as MDMA and uh, other kind of um, what we consider illicit drugs. Now, when they looked at the study, they looked at, again, um, uh, patients who had already died, they examined their bodies and tried to figure out uh, what was likely and you know implicated in sudden cardiac arrest what they found was that um death in these patients typically actually occurred when people were sedentary it was believed that actually 47 of those who had died suddenly were actually sleeping at the time so it kind of contradicts this narrative of some very active situation where someone passes out suddenly like you see during these sports events and again we reference to the like recent cardiac arrest that was seen with by NFL player Damar Hamlin um, during the last football season here, uh, as well as the recent uh, issue with Ronnie James and him having a cardiac arrest. You know, cardiac arrest is something that definitely happens in athletes, and we'll discuss that as well when we go into the Ronnie James story. It's definitely, you know, if you look at all the people, especially young people, who have sudden cardiac arrest, most of them were actually relaxing, probably half of them, most of them were actually, well not most, but a large group of them were actually sleeping at the time during the cardiac event. Um, now, now, those, um, as, as well as, again, another thing that was found, most of the people afflicted by this condition are male, right? They also smoke and they also are regular alcohol drinkers and they have a lower BMI as well as a history of psychiatric disease. So clearly, clearly there's a lot of things going on here. Many of the patients who were found to be sudden cardiac arrest, again, history of psychiatric issues were drug users. Um, illicit drug users, smokers, as well as alcohol drinkers. So a lot of things on board, and none of these things, especially when combined, can be a good deal for the heart. Um, and the, the thing that was also f- was that was developed was that what was discovered, sorry, was that um, the most common cause of coronary artery dis- or sudden cardiac death was found to be actually coronary artery disease. So, and one thing we do know is that drugs like cocaine, especially, are very damaging to the heart can actually cause coronary heart disease directly. So um, people who are using cocaine regularly, things like that, or other strong stimulants are putting themselves at increased risk for heart disease. Now, that being said, um, you know, this study really looked in Australia. So there could be some things in Australia going on that also could, you know, have skewed the data. But overall, it definitely shows that drug use is a big issue when dealing with young people who have sudden cardiac arrest. That being said, let's talk about uh, this new case or this case regarding Bronny. This is actually something that came to the news recently uh, here, late summer, um, late July. And it, was, you know, what basically what happened was that Bronny James, who is the son of international basketball star uh, LeBron James, apparently was playing basketball during a practice at USC, which is University of Southern California school. He's going to be attending for basketball um, um, in the fall. So either way, he was playing ball, and apparently during an intense practice, he actually collapsed. On the court, and it was found that he was in cardiac arrest. CPR was initiated. He was transported to a local uh, hospital, where he actually is doing pretty well now. And this is actually a great example of, I think, a very fantastic, you know, um, uh, medical system as far as getting help quickly to those in need. Cardiac arrest can be something that can be literally a life or death situation, and certain devices like, you know, um, AEDs, which are actually um, portable defibrillators to help restart a heart that has stopped. Um, are excellent as well as CPR training is very important why that knowing CPR can save a life. And I think at this scene, there were people who were training CPR who helped assist at the scene. And of course, he was transported to a local hospital where he was treated and monitored. So that being said, um, you know, this is a very scary thing when it happened. And as it always is, sudden death is nothing to joke about. And apparently, um, you know, after this happened, there was concerns about the cause of these kind of issues and overall, um, while that I think there's more media attention focused on this condition um, is definitely, I think we can safely say that it is still extremely rare. And uh, I think there are a lot of issues that we need to be concerned about. And, uh, you know, in this case, we don't know what's going on as well. But hopefully that everything as far as um, he gets medical treatment and hopefully they decide, you know, whether that is safe for him to play ball again. And he does the thing that's best for his health. Um now, of course, we, we talked about, you know, this drug use and, and the Australian study. There's no evidence that Brian James was involved in any drug use or anything like that. Um, now, again, the common things being common, that is probably the most common reason these things happen. But, of course, every case is different and we have to see what happens. And hopefully, again, whatever it is, it's discovered and they get to the bottom of it. Um, you know, ideally, um, you know, when these things happen, this becomes an opportune time for people to spread certain agendas because people are open and emotional so I just wanted people to be wary of that. Um, but overall, though, I think this study kind of really shows about the, the athletes and kind of what it takes to become an, ex, ex, you know, a, a top tier athlete. Athletes go through some of the most strenuous training um, in a quest to be professionals. Um, it's really physically taxing for the level of dedication required as far as the constant practice the training. And, uh, you know, sometimes the body can, can break down, um, I, I, and the, we know this because we actually require all athletes to engage in cardiac screening and medical screening prior to any kind of, you know, true, um, you know, uh, performances or being allowed to participate in any active or stressful uh, professional sports situations. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe something was missed potentially and this during the screening process and... It's very possible that AI could help, probably help doctors figure out, you know, these things before. it gets to these er- areas where they're discovering. We'll talk about a study that talks about how AI is assisting doctors and helping in certain screenings and other is- issues. But ultimately, um, I think in the situation, um, you know, this is something that you know, with cardiac arrest, it's very scary, and there's really a multiple causes of it. Many of them genetic, some of them, you know, due to external factors. But it's never really a clear cut case. So I think making sure we look at you know, what's really out here causing things is very important, especially when dealing with cases like the Browning James case, which are very high profile and can be prone to a lot of rumors being spread. All right, so enough about cardiac arrests. Um, Let's go back into obesity. There's some interesting studies coming out regarding obesity and how it's being managed. First off, as you know, we do also do obesity management here at the Health and Wellness Connection, our, our site, uh, still under, under work in progress, but we'll be launching very soon. And we're going to you know, be letting you guys know how you can, you know, join with us. You can send me an email at uh, drberryhealth@gmail.com at gmail.com you, if you're interested. Um, but ultimately, uh, we're going to be pressing that also in the near future. But weight loss drugs, um, new polls are coming out showing that people are very interested in weight loss and using drugs specifically to help them lose weight. Um, we all know about all the, the latest craze regarding some of these new uh, class of drugs um, called um Um, They're kind of like basically hormone based weight loss treatments. The popular ones include Ozimbic, Wigovi, Manjaro. These are drugs that are being used to help with appetite suppression and also help people lose weight, and many people have had great success with them. That being said, um, you know, many adults now, after I guess some of the information they're seeing, new data is showing that, um, you know, adults are very interested in using these weight loss drugs. But he said that nearly 60% of adults who are trying to lose weight, and even a quarter of those who aren't currently trying to lose weight said they would be interested in trying a new weight loss prescription drug if it was found to be safe. And that's the thing that many people are obviously focused on, safety, safety, and more safety. Uh, people, I guess, have been a little bit wary just due to the newness of these drugs, but I guess as more people are coming out, speaking out, you know, in favor of the drugs, you see more people showing more, in, showing more interest. Now, full disclosure, I was someone who did uh, try it for about a month, and uh, I actually found it very effective. If you're a foodie, though, um, you may not be happy because it definitely suppresses your appetite. You really don't have any desire to eat. Um, However, um, I think they are effective in helping people who have trouble with food addiction in reducing that desire to eat. And combined with a a healthy exercise plan and diet plan, it could be an effective way to lose weight. That being said, so the data of this study that came out is more of a uh, kind of a survey that was done. It seems that women were significantly more likely than men to say they were interested, with fifty-one percent of women saying they would be compared with thirty-eight percent of men. Uh, Hispanic men were also more interested than white or black adults. So, um, you know, interesting demographics there. A lot of uh, Hispanic people are interested in weight loss, um, and a lot of women, especially, are interested in weight loss. And so, um, you know, ultimately, um, people also are interested in the idea of a pill as opposed to an injection. Uh, It seems that less than a quarter of people who were told that the treatment would be an injection were um, interested. Meanwhile, people were more interested in a pill. Now, that being said, um, people overall seem to be interested in using some sort of assistance to help with weight loss, Um, even though I think overall the mental is really where weight loss occurs. First, changing your mindset on eating and activity is going to be the way you really get to your really ultimate weight loss destination or weight gain destination if that's your issue. So um, again, if you really want, I think, assistance, I think working with a specialist is going to be the best option. Reach out to us here at the Health of Wellness Connection. Email me at drberryhealth at gmail.com. Again, that's drberryhealth at gmail.com. And uh, we can help you out. Or you can like search your local directories and find a weight loss nutrition that can help you as well in your local area. And I think, you know, it's something that your specialist can definitely assist you if you're really serious. And uh, overall, you know, it's a lifelong um, journey, if you will. But keep that in mind as you um, face frustrations here and there. It's something you continue as you continue to uh, press on. All right, guys. So a new study coming out again showing the potential dangers of alcohol. Just one alcoholic drink a day could contribute to higher blood pressure, new studies are showing. So apparently blood pressure is something that's extremely important, obviously, as we state here on the show quite a bit. Um, blood pressure, keeping it at a regular level is very important in helping reduce the risk of other issues, especially stroke, heart attack, and the like. So we're still trying to figure out what's going on with blood pressure and how it's really, a, you know, how it develops and so forth. But one thing that's, very con- that's been shown in recent data is that alcohol may have a pretty significant impact on blood pressure. Even small amounts can have a decent impact on your blood pressure levels. Blood pressure risk factors, of course, um, include smoking, eating a diet high in sodium, low physical activity levels, also alcohol, as we are seeing in recent data. And so um, the thing is, it's very important for um, one thing that to help reduce your blood pressure is to try to ensure exercise, regular exercise and lowering your salt intake. And according to the previous recommendation from the CDC, one to two alcoholic drinks a day were you know considered safe consumption. But now these recommendations are no longer even uh, ideal for blood pressure prevention, according to recent studies. study so looked at over 19,500 participants, so a pretty large database which is always great for the strength of the data that it uh, produces. It also looked at people from the United States, Japan, and South Korea. They followed up people for a period of over five years. And you know, they screened people apparently very strictly according to the uh, parameters of the data uh, of the uh, research at the time. And so what they found that um, consuming about 12 grams of alcohol per day was associated with about 1.25 millimeters of mercury increase in the systolic blood pressure. And 12 grams of alcohol is not much, guys. It's less than one standard drink, which is typically about 14 grams of alcohol. So one drink of like eight ounces of a beer or a wine has about 14 grams of alcohol. So, and they're saying this study, they looked at 12 grams per day, which is less than a standard drink. And that one drink was associated with a 1.25 millimeter increase in systolic blood pressure. So, uh, which is pretty crazy, guys. So. So higher amounts of alcohol, of course, were associated with a more significant increase in systolic blood pressure with 48 grams of alcohol associated with an increase of 4.9 millimeters of mercury. So, you know, that's pretty significant, guys. So someone drinking less than a standard drink had a slight bump, one millimeter, you know, of mercury of blood pressure raise. Now with two, three drinks, you're almost looking at a five to six bump increase. And so this was just looked over five years not sure if this is a cumulative effect every five years it goes up it goes higher and higher but ultimately it shows that there is an association with blood pressure and alcohol consumption so if you're someone who, who has blood pressure issues alcohol may be something you want to look at reducing significantly or even eliminating altogether um you know and the thing that it just shows is that you don't really know the exact um issues that um, at least we we kind of, sorry we do know the exact issues causing blood pressure problems, but the relationship between alcohol and blood pressure, and how they actually are causing one another, if there is an actual direct causation, that's not fully clear. So I think ultimately, um, you know, this kind of study reiterates the the um, notion that there may not be any safe alcohol consumption. Now, if you remember, we did discuss how the study came out showing alcohol consumption could be associated with reduce stress, which could also increase life expectancy. So I think, you know, it's nothing really, you know, that you can say is straightforward here, especially when it comes to science. But this study definitely, I think, raised some eyebrows regarding blood pressure and alcohol and maybe something, you know, that needs definitely further study and further um, data. All right, guys, in another interesting study, AI is showing to be potentially very beneficial to radiologists. A new study came out showing that AI-supported mammogram screening actually increased breast cancer de- detection by 20%, a recent study found. Now, this was reported by CNN, and here we're going to kind of talk about it briefly. So, basically, see, um, it's published in The Lancet, um, and it talks uh, about how there was a study that looking at AI and how it could assist potential, assist radiologists in helping them read studies. Now, this study was interesting because they compared looking at um, the performance rate of radiologists working without computer assistance and as well as those who were working with computer assistance or AI reading assistance. And so this study looked at about 80,000 women in Sweden who underwent a mammogram between April 2021 and July 2022. And so they had, out of these 80,000 women who underwent mammogram, half of the group were looked at by an AI read mammogram that was interviewed reviewed by radiologists the other group was read by just two radiologists working without the use of any kind of ai assistance everybody was experienced apparently in this study so you know great kind of way to test <laughs> radiologists you know ability to read films as well as how these computers are being trained to really you know do a, the work of uh, what was considered very technical work by highly trained specialists And so they looked at this study and they found that the group whose scans were read by a radiologist, along with the AI computer, had a 20 percent better detection of cancers than the other group that was read only by the radiologists. So it's kind of crazy there because it really shows that the computers uh, were very efficient in assisting um, the radiologists in reading these films with better accuracy. So uh, overall, the screening supported by the AI resulted in cancer detection at a rate of 6 per 1,000 screened women compared to 5 per 1,000, um, which is a standard approach of the radiologist alone. So it's kind of crazy because the radiologists with AI assistance were able to read more, basically more accurately, and they had less you know, false pauses, meaning they misread something. So it just shows that AI can be a very powerful tool for radiologists uh, to use and really all professionals to use. Um, now, one thing people say, well, you think the AI would just take over the doctor completely since they're already better? And I say no, because ultimately, you know, AI is just a computer. Um, ultimately, especially in America, people want to blame someone <laughs> ultimately. So you can't really sue a computer for money. a doctor is going to be probably have to sign off an any report who will ultimately have to be help responsible if something goes wrong. But ultimately, this study actually shows that there could potentially be less issues if there's more accurate diagnosis. And I think if computers can help, that's something that they should potentially look at in a deeper uh, way. Now, of course, um, you know, people are excited potentially of increased effectiveness of screening of various issues, which is like in this study, looked at this study, looked at mammograms specifically. And mammograms, of course, are how we screen for breast cancer. So if we can be more effective in our screening tools, we could probably, probably reduce the number of screenings that are done as well as overall, you know, make the technology better. It's always, I think, ideal to maximize the uh, screening of, of tests cause people usually don't like them and it can be kind of, you know, difficult, especially. So I think making that process easier and more effective is always going to be a plus. Now, speaking of screenings, um, there's a new change, guys, in colorectal cancer screenings. But now, the uh, American College of Physicians uh, put out an update regarding colorectal ca- cancer screening. It's now 50 years of age. So, if you're someone who has um, no history of colon cancer in your family, no typical symptoms, is now advised. 50 years of age is the years to begin doing colonoscopies, which is how you screen your colon for colon cancer. Now, this ne- is more particularly for Western nations, which are considered, you know, high risk for colon cancer. Folks in um, developing nations, you know, West Africa, um, other nations, Mediterranean, um, there's not a, a bad a, a prevalence of colon cancer. But if you are having symptoms, including rectal bleeding or pain, weight loss, unexplained weight loss, I think definitely a screening is something you could also do as well. So I think this is something that's in I think interesting because when it comes to screening, this involves putting a camera inside the colon looking for issues with cancer and disease. And this is where a good, I think, AI assistance could be helpful, I think, to doctors who do this test to help them screen more effectively and and try to catch things earlier than previously done. So, again, screening um, changes in screening. Um, is being put out there by the American College of Physicians. So if you're in that age group, 50 years and up, um, please consider getting a colon, colonoscopy as well as a, a exam to screen for colon cancer, especially if you live in uh, Western countries like America, uh, Europe, et cetera. So screening is something that we all should do in general, but every age group has certain things that you should be screening for. If you're unsure of these, please follow with your primary care doctor or clinician and have them kind of do their exam and determine what you may be uh need to be screened at this time so all right guys so that's all we have for today um it's been a a pretty short show but um you know it's kind of a slow news month but i appreciate you guys uh sticking with us we will be back asap um about a week um or so we're gonna have our next show out uh we're gonna put some content as well guys on the twitters and the uh tiktoks so please follow us guys on tiktok um again that's dr barry health and on uh And on um, Twitter, it's Dr. Barry Tech Doc. Uh, Thank you guys for checking us out. We'll be back to give you more information very soon. It's your host, Dr. Barry. Peace.
0: Thank you for listening to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast and radio show. For more information on ways to get healthy, please check us out, www.anchor.fm forward slash HW Connection. Here you can re-listen to the show, check out older shows, and even further support the show by becoming a subscriber to the podcast. Please check us out today. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash HW Connection. And also, don't forget to follow Dr. Barry on Instagram at drbarrymd. Until next time, stay healthy.